Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello! And welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw, and I'm from show formerly known as NXT, but oh, <laughs> AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay per views, premium live events we have interviews round table discussions and a round of the week complete with well, a new quiz of course on wrestle culture as i said they're joined by hamlet and sidgwick to review last night's raw the go home show of course ahead of elimination chamber this is the good stuff isn't it this is the really good stuff uh not too many matches but the ones we got felt like they mattered for the mm-hmm. most part um despite them all being pretty long like, if you were to read the match time, this would be like, oh, that's Triple H skiving his way to another roll. They're all like 20 minutes a shot or whatever. It was all paced really quite nicely. I'm bang into Elimination Chamber. There was developments in there. Me and Sidge covered these as main events in any arena. The IC title match and the Cody mm. Rose Dream McIntyre match both delivered in spades to me in this one. Like, had a lot of nice things to say about this roll. There was some terrible stuff on this roll, which I look forward to getting <laughs> into. But realistically, I think the bookends... Worked really well. One was, uh, for me, a lot better than the other. And I might have something sacrilegious to say um, deeper into this review. But uh, this is a hot as balls promotion. Like, it is hot as balls. And that's the thing that struck me. More than, like, any narrative development. Though there's some clever ones, Mm. actually, on the show. If you were a fed guy, I'd imagine you were absolutely loving this one. Yeah, really enjoyed I wasn't sure if I was just excited to get back to work or just really enjoyed <laughs> this episode of Raw. I like the new, all the new production touches they're doing as well, which we'll mention. Um, well, let's should mention it now. Yeah. Basically, and you know what used to kill me? WWE for about two decades. <laughs> Certain... Like, I don't like the general production style, the commentary, the exposition, the scripting, that synthetic thing. I don't think that will ever completely go away. Mm. But there's two things where I'll look at an old WWE video if it pops up on X or if I even watch something old on the network that I quite fancy. It's that silver WWE HD logo. I just know (laughs) Mm. that there's literally a 97% chance that what I'm watching is going to be terrible. (laughs) Something like Punk Mysterio or Punk Jeff Hardy with that WWE HD logo. It's like, oh, God. 
that's actually good. Yeah. Mm. Nine times out of ten. You know, what I, I, you know what I hate? And I hated it when Dynamite did it. I had an existential crisis when Dynamite started this. doing this. Yeah. Particularly when they actually had the houses at the time and there was no need to do it. The primary colour bath of Raw and SmackDown was just a red light and a blue light. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. When Dynamite started flirting with that choice, it's like, it was like late 2021. I was like, what are you doing? Like, make it look like Nitro. There are people in these buildings and mm. they might not be there forever. Illuminate them, mm. show them. So that's gone, it would seem. It looks just a bit more like a takeover, mm. this TV show, uh, with a bit more color. Obviously, you need the red branding, but it looks a bit more like a takeover. And that was never my favorite aesthetic, even when I was, there was a point when I was head hour heels with NXT, like as a product. Mm. Even back then, I just, it didn't look wonderful to my palate, mm. but it's certainly better than the main roster and that, that's slowly creeping into the production now, as you'd expect. It's just um, so, like on the like the ring apron, which is still obviously a video screen, but then the little mini screens that separate the crowd. It's like acting as a divider because, as you say, they can light up the upper bowl at the mm -hmm. moment, and you can't always do that, so you should. It's just uh, the WWE logo and Raw, and that's it. And I can't remember the last time it was styled like that. Looks shockingly WWE. understated. Yeah, as soon as they were able, they were adding more and more stuff to that. In fact, the only time I remember it was that understated, was that ludicrous idea where they had, like, raw deer or something, where they had, like, hard combat. That sucks now, that. Yeah, sucks like, like that. the hard combat in the third hour or something. And they were like, Mick Foley was like, things are going to get a little bit darker around here. And the electric here. chair as well. Yeah, we're changing it up in the third hour. And it's, no, you're not. Like, you've it's, just, like... Oh. You just turn the lights down. Yeah, you just turn the lights down a little bit. But no, the, the, especially on the ring, I noticed it, and on the barriers, because everything's video now, mm. isn't it? So, like, on the barriers as well, just the WWE logo and raw. It was shocking. It, it, like genuinely shocking to look at a WWE product and it look like that. The biggest one yet, because we were sort of taking the piss a bit last week, can't we? There'd be like one camera angle that one used and we're like, thank God Kevin Dunn's finally gone. It's <laughs> their so product's really turned it around. It's like, well, hold your horses just a second. But this was a pretty visually striking difference this week. Really, where were they? Anaheim? Yeah. I really liked the bit there. Like, well, we've got... However. Everything was hotter than the Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything. There were at least two matches that were like way hotter. Mm. Punk comes out at the end and is like... Uh, all I'm saying is thanks for sticking around because I know you didn't in '96. But they there was there was a couple of times where they're like this it was like thirteen thousand people or whatever it was. Yeah. This is packed. So they had that bit where they like walked through the concourse mm. area and walked into the to the, the arena. And there was another bit where they had someone walk like as if you were walking up to the ring after they came back from a break. Yeah. It just looked absolutely you, packed. You have to use it because like look how nostalgic people are for whenever there's like an attitude era clip and there's all the signs. And there's, you'll see people saying, um, oh, God, like, I wish I could go back to this. I wish it was this. I remember Dynamite a couple of years ago. It was the Quake by the Lake finale where Punk returns as a surprise, save Moxley, have the brawl, whatever, uh, JS. And yeah, he hops on his foot, I believe. I believe he does. <laughs> the JS roller rings. It's just, it's white hot. And it was right around the time that people were posting that SmackDown finale where it's just everybody hitting the finishes in the middle of the invasion. Oh, yeah. And I wish wrestling was still like this. It is. There it is. Mm. It's there on a Wednesday. It's great. Like, there are times, like, in wrestling where you really do have to capture it because then it goes away and then you can look back at the footage and be like, oh, I wasn't lying to myself. It was actually really this hot for a bit. And they uh, utilised quite a lot of decent hype videos. They did one before Drew Cody, basically, even mm. though that opened the show, effectively, you know, people arriving and this is what we got coming up on the show. But they did a big thing, obviously, of Cody and Drew's history. That was the match that opened. It went basically 20 minutes. Uh, they're showing people's ratings on 2K now. McIntyre's 89, Rhodes 93, I believe. 
Um, and they did that, yeah, throughout the night. And Rose obviously got a massive reaction. Um, you know, just a great match between these two. Um, after a break, we came back and McIntyre's using his boot to squeeze Cody's head against the ring post. Rhodes comes back and just hits a, a barrage of offense. Bulldog, forearm, power slam, disaster kick. Cody cutter, two counts in there. McIntyre counters across Rhodes. They go over the top with a clothesline from Cody. That takes us to another break. When we come back, McIntyre goes to the Claymore. Rhodes hits a super kick and a pedigree, though. Uh, then Rhodes comes flying through the air and McIntyre just headbutts him. Hits a future shock DDT for two, uh, which for some reason now really worries me, even though there's nothing inherently dangerous with that move. Yeah. I know that that's what took Punk great. out of Yeah, it's great. Mania. Effective. He's had two actual injuries yeah. with mm-hmm. that as well over the years. Um, Rhodes, Helpful, weirdly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rhodes hits a superplex and then a, well, basically super, super Cody cutter for a two count. Um, and then, as we're heading towards the, this climactic end, Jimmy Uso runs out. Cody knocks him off the apron. Referee's busy with Jimmy, and um, Rhodes sets up McIntyre for a crossroads, and we get a carbon copy of the main event of WrestleMania 39. Solo Sokota grabs him from behind, hits the Samoan spikes, or someone on Twitter basically saying, like, why does Solo take his hood off to reveal himself? <laughs> like, it's a big dramatic reveal. We know it's you. Um, but, yeah, he does that. Samoan spike. Uh, McIntyre goes, uh, Claymore kick, one, two, three. McIntyre's a bit conflicted, but uh, wins a win. Um, and I just thought this was, this is what, Cody, Cody's second pinfall loss. Yeah, after Roman, by the same means, obviously. It was end, just genius, this. End to end, fantastic. So a great match in front of a hot crowd. Mm-hmm. And the hot crowd does make the difference, because we say this all the time, you get great matches. What differentiates one from another at this point? It's not always the moves. It's But with Cody and Drew, you sort of have a bit of both. They can both get... That's sort of undeniable at this point, but you've got characters that are just at the perfect point to be facing each other. So it's the matchmaking is as fantastic as the match really here. Drew is this locked in, motivated heel character that looks at Cody Rhodes, looks at that WrestleMania sign and puts those two things together. It's like, your decision is the reason why I'm not already going to WrestleMania. So I'm going to have to beat you up to make you pay for it. So he's fully motivated as a character. Cody Rhodes, in front of him, he finds is... Biggest, like literally, Drew's a massive guy, but biggest challenge between now and Roman Reigns, realistically. But he has such a good run that he just still sees it as a confidence booster. I'm on the way to WrestleMania. Nothing can derail this. Uh, so, like, thanks for the offer last week, Seth, but I think I'm good. So, like, that, that's sort of there lingering in the background. You can see the way that Cody's wrestling with confidence. He's using his, like, supersized version of his moves to get Drew, but doing it with all the sort of the verve and the excitement of a guy that's got the shot. He's made his decision and he's on the way. So that's the dynamic of the match. That plays out throughout. And then by the time you arrive at the finish, and obviously this kind of helps out for later that you realise that the bloodline are in the building and wanting to cause trouble yeah. and all of that, you have Cody... Uh, being beaten by the exact same thing that's beaten him once before, which is a really nice touch. It plays into this, I still think, pretty good booking of yours that, like, Solo tries it again, and this time maybe the Rocks let us save the day. Whatever, but mm-hmm. they know this, people remember this, and they know this means a lot or to people. Or if Cody kicks out again, yeah. now we've established it's they, this, yeah. They know that this exact set piece means a lot to people, and they've been they've used it pretty much at the perfect time. Uh, like, there's a little bit with Seth later on, but they're going to go on to the Grayson Waller effect, and Seth's going to basically, well, now do you realise why you need me around? Uh, uh, and Cody is the sort of perfect character to make the odd mistake every now and then. 
because that's ultimately what separates him from John Cena and humanizes him a little bit more. He can make the mistake every now and then because he just gets a bit overexcited. He's the same <laughs> guy that will agree to be somebody's best man. So he's allowed to make mistakes because he is human and that actually makes him better as a, a top guy than a John Cena. Uh, and the other thing was just with Drew, uh, the little look to Solo followed by the wins of win was really nice character stuff because he is at this point accepting of who he is mm. as a bit of a bad guy that will take shit. He will deny it and he will lie to himself about it and lie to all of us. And what did he say later on? He said he's seen the big picture or something. Seeing the big picture, which is him. Not like a little pie, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> him basically waving away that that identical thing, solo in the hoodie, happening to him at Clash at the Castle was where all of this bitterness started years ago. And him having that little moment of going, I oh, do you know what, sod it. Like, if you can't beat them, join them. I'll have this and I'll like take this huge mm-hmm. win. Like, couldn't really love this more as a bit of WWE storytelling tacked on to a great TV match. I'll do match and then post-match. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was great. I think it was very, very, very good and probably, like, in a weird, weird way, better and more effective than a great match in and of itself because it was just so unbelievably hot. I don't think the action slash content slash story was great. Very, very good. Not mm. great. There's a difference with great for me personally. But my God, Cody Rhodes in this match, in that building, Jesus Christ, he could not look more like a world champion right now if he was plated in gold, <laughs> like his skin <laughs> plated in gold. That's He's just the champion. If there was a 0.0001% in the heads of like Levesque, Heyman, Rock, Emmanuel, whoever's pulling these strings these days, of we can maybe do this another year. Mm, we can maybe yeah. do it another year or SummerSlam or be- beat the Hogan record. It's on record to begin with. <laughs> Surely this match just eradicates those doubts. I mean, he's the champion. Yeah, <laughs> He is the champion. What a phenomenal job he's done of grafting, getting to that. It feels so earned. 9,000 against Nakamura at the house show on a Sunday the night before. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, so he's, bri- he's still posting the Why numbers. Yeah, yeah it's Why not. Yeah? There's the objective stuff there, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, he is the world champion. He just doesn't have the belt yet. It is as plain as day. It is as plain as Triple H's book and except mm. <laughs> I can't use that joke because this is genuinely really, really good. Great booking. Mm. On the pitchfork scale, I would say this is a nine point four. Not a ten like not the fable ten with a circle around it, a nine point four. The reason being it's bold to give Cody the loss. Mm. You if you're Drew, you kinda won in that match. So that's a bit of a permutation now, like what happens now? Does Drew just win the chamber and say, I want Cody as well? Do you have this in your back pocket in the summer if Drew loses the title or doesn't even win at WrestleMania and say, well, hang on, I'll beat Cody. Mm. You've, all, you've put something in your back pocket. It's G1 adjacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put that in your back pocket and on the evidence of this crowd with these characters, that just intoxicating atmosphere, the sequel could be even bigger than this. Mm. And, and back to the match... I had the same feeling as I had watching Roman Cody. Roman Cody was a better match, more dramatic, louder. This is the TV version of I could watch these go for ages, not get bored. I'm never going to think of it in terms of the very best matches I'll ever see, but I'm just loving this experience and the atmosphere. Mm. I'm just basking in the experience. The problem for me, and it's such a great idea as well, for Drew, of all people, to have the help of the bloodline, what a lovely twist that was. Like, genuine narrative ingenuity, great character development. Like, really putting him over the top is that 
when, with Roman potentially gone for ages after Mania, top heel is yeah. Drew McIntyre, and he's earned that distinction. Um, the reason why that 0.6 is missing, it was already pretty obvious enough that Jimmy Uso was going to cost Jay Uso. We've previewed it extensively. Mm-hmm. They telegraphed the life out of the fact that that's the finish by having Jimmy appear very early in the show. And if you're Adam Pierce, realist, what are you doing? Not finding him in that building is a matter of priority. He's here. Obviously, what's he going to do later? That is a plot hole. That is a plot hole. It's mm-hmm. quite inelegant. Um, it makes it doesn't make much sense that Adam Pierce wouldn't do that. He's mainly sort of portrayed as this competent authority figure who's quite just. I know under McMahon there was this weird period where he was like a heel for a bit for some mm. reason because that's the way they did things. But under Triple H's creative direction, he's pretty competent. He's qu- quite fair, quite just, quite bland in a way that pleases me. <laughs> Jack Tunney, yeah. except yeah. a bit more present. Um, he's an idiot now. I like the fact he He said- is an idiot now for not getting Jimmy Uso the hell out of there or moving heaven and earth to find him because what did he expect to happen yeah. in the main event? They think it's the opposite effect. It's that, it's that WWE think it's when they're producing something like this, they think it's the opposite effect. It's that age-old thing. We need to let the fans know that Jimmy's in the building. Like, oh, because is, I, like that in their mind, it's like it's got to be that way instead of Sidge's way of it being, well, just keep it logical. Just if he's showed himself now, you've blown your wad, we're going to kick you out. Like they Their believe- hatred of the fans informs too much of what they do, yeah. even during a pretty damn good episode of Raw. The hatred of you, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the security just had to deal with Solo Sokoa. You said Cannon on Air Thursday. Just Yeah, yeah that's what we'll Jim- do. Jimmy escapes, but I did like the fact that he was like, don't worry, Cody. I'm going to give him a huge fine. And I was like, it's a bit like when footballers or football clubs yeah. get huge fines. I'm like... Well, that's going to really change their change what they're going to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they've only got Roman Reigns and the biggest star in Hollywood. So, I mean, how on earth are they going to pay that fine? Yeah. So, um, anyway, we get a big package for uh, Gunter versus Jay Uso following this, and a package for uh, Andrade El Idolo. Talks about being from a wrestling family, his wife being a wrestler, being used to the pressure. His day is now beginning, and he controls his destiny. They had one of these last week. I'm right in thinking this one was better. Um, just to add a bit of content to it, like last week was all about the mystique and the mythology and the fact that he'd kind of come back in a fairly nondescript Royal Rumble appearance and then all you got was this like, sort of passing interest video. Didn't feel like much of a build-up. This was sort of a reintroduction of the El Idolo character mm. versus the one that had existed in WWE before. So he's... I th- I th- it, this was a development. Like the Andrade you had before is not just the guy you quite liked in the Gargano match in NXT. I've grown, I've got this, I've got that, and I'm... Start He's regressed, again. if anything, but yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like this was him telling you that now I'm better than ever and it's a work in it, so you've got to try and buy it if you can sell it. Uh, we got a, a quick recap of what happened with the ending of Cody and Drew with Pat McAfee doing his telestrator thing. I've only ever seen it in, like, NFL before, but he's just zooming in. If you look at Drew's eyes here, and if you look at where the thumb goes, which is into Cody's throat, it's... Uh, Jerry Lawler and Bobby Heenan used to do this to great effect. Really funny. Um, I didn't like this, but I do like that they just try stuff. Hmm. Like I, I sort of, I would want to see more of the experimenting with things because some stuff will take and some stuff will work. This one didn't for me, but I want to see more like this all the time. Hmm. I want to see more technique by Taz. Yeah, hmm. I want to see that. Remember he's a heel and did it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> this goddamn loser can't get out. Yeah, choke him out. 
Um, so uh, trainers checking on roads. Pierce, as we mentioned, comes in and says, don't worry, Jimmy and Solo are definitely gone. Uh, huge fine. Do you need anything? Cody's like, I'm fine. And then Seth came in and just gave him a look, which is all he really needs to do. And they're going to be obviously at the chamber doing the Grayson bloody waller effect, which is like you say, where it's going to hopefully develop from there. Yeah. The I, the I told you so mm. moment for the moment. Um, we had a spot for the final spot in the women's elimination chamber. It was a last chance battle royal featuring Zaylee Valhalla, Tegan Knox, Natalia, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Maxine Dupri, Ivy Nile, Electra Lopez, Caden Carter, Katana Chance, Michin, Zoe Stark, Zelina Vega, Shayna Baszler, Chelsea Green, Alba Fire, Isla Dawn, Beefab, and a returning Raquel Rodriguez. Great to see her back. The graveyard. Uh, th- like there was a bit of me that thought, is Jay Cargo just going to come out and eliminate everyone here for a split second? I think all of this occurred while you were off. We did you go off after it was they kind of spoiled that Cargo was going to be in the match? Yes. So I mean, was, they, well, by the time it was the SmackDown where they announced we're going to do all these matches to build to the chamber. So I was that was my Friday was my last the, day. There was a graphic. I that saw this. Yeah, like blurred out, but you could make it clear exactly where everybody was. So See Tiff, even, couldn't you? On there. Yeah, it was like before even the SmackDown qualifiers and Jade Cargill was the sixth person. So then that was out and about, and then the story broke that plans had actually changed, and they decided to take her out of it. When you watch this, and like this, this was nice. Like Raquel Rodriguez hasn't had the best time of it since she went off. She was like, forget what illness she was struck down mm. with. But it was sounding pretty serious. It's nice that she's back, and this is like, why not? I suppose. But when I look at this, and then I think about how difficult the chamber can be anyway, I think it's for the best that Jade Cargill mm. dodged this entirely. I think this would have been uh, what is it like subtraction by ad- addition? I don't think she'd have come out of this. Well, she'd have to beat her, presumably. Possibly, Someone yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't matter if all five of them do it. It's still beating Jade Cargill. I just think it would have been really hard to shine in this particular environment. Mm. So probably for the best. Uh, no so one did. Maxine did. Dubris was eliminated first, almost eliminated Chelsea Green, but Valhalla got rid of uh, Maxine. Uh, Valhalla follows her out with uh, Raquel doing the elimination for her. Zaylee, Isla Dawn. Um, Tegan Knox tries to surprise Natalia uh, by eliminating her. Um, but Natalia counters a sort of reversal yeah, of do over the yeah, rumble, but they switch this time. Yeah, uh, St- TST. Zoe Stark, <laughs> Shayna Baszler elimination. Long Fab, <laughs> um, Green keeps avoiding elimination. Electra Lopez gets rid of Zelina Vega um, and Michin, but Michin eliminates uh, Electra because she's celebrating, and those two brawl to the back. Uh, Chelsea eliminates Candice LeRae. Shayna Baszler eliminates Indy Hartwell. Baszler and Stark start teaming up to get rid of uh, Katana Chance. Rodriguez gets rid of Alba Fire. Um, Ivy Nile gets rid of Natalia. Um, and the final four in the end are Baszler, Stark, Meechin, Rodriguez. Baszler and Stark team up to get rid of Meechin. Uh, but Rodriguez fights off both Stark and Baszler, eliminates both of them. She starts celebrating like she's won. Then you realize the bell hasn't rung. Chelsea Green slides back in. And the crowd think... Oh, okay. Um, But uh, Rodriguez counters, chucks her out. Raquel is the sixth person in the chamber, which we'll get to a bit more later on. Not being facetious. Well, I am. (laughs) Has Triple H ever booked a battle royal without doing that finish? They love this one. Oh, that's a good question. They love uh, this one. They love it. Like, like, honestly, Triple H is almost as bad as as father-in-law for, like, booking the same... Things over and over again mm-hmm. and indulging his tropes. And as these words leave my mouth, I realize that's absolutely the f***ing worst. <laughs> the absolute f- 
at least of yeah. the problems. So I will just strike that from the record. Mm-hmm. That being said, on his own terms, Levesque is pretty creatively bankrupt when it comes to these battle royals. Um, it's, I, I cringe a little bit at the point now when you're watching the person celebrate. Does he think it's like this cool thing that he's just invented? No, it's so, like it's so every out, time it? it happens. It's terrible. Um, the only good one is one there's no drama like, as well. Is the the Orton Edge one, isn't it, Nicholas? <laughs> so, so if your mental health's in pieces, it's a great bit. <laughs> yeah, he does do it a lot. He does do it a lot. He does it too much, um, if anything. And uh, the action was pretty bad, yeah. pretty bad. And like, even the finish was like, so Stark who went out last. Yes, yeah, like, missed too. a head by a million miles, like a million miles. You can even hear some groans. Oh God, um, ah, it's a weird one. This because the action was so poor. Like it went ages. It's a battle royal to begin with, so you're, you're literally fighting an uphill battle. The best you can hope for is like a decent last five minutes. So like just crap, pretty crap across the board, and uh, there was no even suspensive. My Chelsea Green win. It's like it was two seconds. It was like a mm. comedy spot that didn't land, and uh, the finish looked terrible. And on top of everything else, nice for her. Raquel Rodriguez actually's back, but let's not pretend that this push is taken on the main roster at all. No. Um, I can't take it seriously because it just hasn't panned out and they're not really 100% behind her. Like, she's not winning a women's title, I don't think. There was uh, not even a shred of interest in the Indy Hartwell gets to go home story as well. And like, uh, you weren't given any reason to think it. Mm. It was all just headcanon stuff. But you thought, oh, well, maybe. And then they can make a nice thing of it. Nah, forget about that. You're, mm. not, you're not getting that. None of that sort of stuff. I dread how long... Oh, well, we'll talk about it later. Shay, I thought, like, especially because she got so close to the end, um, I thought Shayna Baszler stood a chance. She... I've never seen her in an elimination chamber. Did pretty well. Did she? Pretty well, let me tell you. I don't recall. <laughs> not doing this all over again. <laughs> <laughs> what was, why, why didn't you have that thought going through your head for the past four years? I've, 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 I've had a week Five, off actually. <laughs> five? Yeah, five, five years. Five years. Uh, Jey Uso cuts a promo saying he's going to bring down an empire and win the IC title. Yeet! Uh, and then we get the this... The empire brought down him. <laughs> Two-sentence horror. <laughs> 
then we get a sit-down interview with Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax. Uh, Cole says, you got butterflies, Rhea? <laughs> and she says, uh, she's worked for this. She wanted this. Last time she competed in Australia, she was on the Indies seven years ago. Uh, she wasn't yet comfortable in her own skin. Uh, she nearly wanted to quit, but she had to sit down and remind herself exactly who the hell she was. She isn't like everyone. She proved her doubt was wrong. She reminded herself that she is Rhea Bloody Ripley. Uh, and Nia says, that's cute. I'm twice your size. I've got triple your talent, which I thought was a nice line. Um, I'm happy it's in your homeland. I mean, technically, as someone pointed out to us, it's also in Nia's homeland. I think she yeah. was born in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh but she said, I'm happy it's happening in, in your homeland so you can be closer to home to go home and cry. <laughs> uh, and Rhea says, oh, talk all you want, attack from behind all you want, but in Perth, face-to-face with me, everyone's screaming for mammy, you're going to crumble, all your momentum's going to fade away into nothing, you'll realise you're just not good enough. And she throws down her mic and Nia just scowls at the screen. While I'm on the subject, Levesque is also a huge fan of... Someone storms out of... Someone angrily storms out of split-screen interview. Loves yeah. that. Yeah. He loves that. And and yeah, even though you almost never see it happen, it's always... You'll see some critics going like, it's like real sports sort of feeling thing. It's happened once in the UFC, hasn't it? Yeah, like... Mm. <laughs> it's very rare. Give me five... They'd like to be able to get another line in, otherwise you've just given your opponent an open platform to yeah. say, bell end. Give me yeah. five examples of this happening in real sport. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't. There was the odd cute line, but this just felt like wrestlers reading from a script for me. It lacked, mm. uh, yeah, it lacked a killer line. That's exactly what it is. Like the we were talking yesterday. I I don't think it will anymore. I think the hope's gone. I thought this stood a chance the of the main event. The hope of Nia Jax headlining no, well, stadium. Nia Jax, Andrew, you are really. absolutely biased. I like big bastard moments, and Rhea Ripley headlining that show. It's going to be a big stadium yeah. event. I thought that was going to make for a big moment. I'm not even a Davy Boy Smith guy, but you wouldn't deny the man a Wembley main event, you know, that sort of thing. I don't even like Will Ospreay. Got to put him on last. Like, I just thought Rhea Ripley in that environment could have been great. And this was a little bit of a tell, I think, from WWE that even they don't really see it there. Mm. It'll be big. It'll be huge on the night. Rhea will get a massive result. She'll win, obviously. But it's a semi-main, isn't it? It was a nice line. I'll get to it later. Nice line from Raquel being like, you're all counting on Rhea retaining. But if Nia retains, I'm the only one who can beat her, basically. Well, it was about time somebody said that, because between that and the uh, the Las Vegas thing with Becky Lynch, yeah, yeah. there's two separate matches that are full <laughs> yeah. on conclusions. <laughs> yeah, somebody should probably find it. Wait a second. Um, <laughs> then we got... It's like 12 of us. Why are we here? <laughs> then we got Truthline, which yeah. was a Dateline-esque segment. Jackie's chatting to Truth in the rain outside the Honda Center. We see his... History with the Judgment Day, with them as babies, children, growing up, and special moment when they first met. It's like the first time John Cena tried on a pair of jean shorts. Uh, It went bad. Damien Priest attacked him and made him feel like he was as sad as when he was watching the finale of This Is Us. Um, Now he's got DX in his corner, though. Uh, Stop laughing. I did laugh at that bit. So funny like, I've got DX with me. Shawn Michaels and the Cerebral Assassin Triple H. Go, Not them. <laughs> there was also a funny line about, this must have been how, the, how genuine felt when he wrote the song Pony. And I was like, anyway, he just walked off. It was, I knew exactly this was the way it was going to go. And you really like it. And I figured you probably weren't going to be It's absolutely terrible. It was Pony, in, in your opinion. I don't think it's like language or something. Uh, no, it's, it's absolutely terrible. It's just not funny. It's just not funny. I'm 38 years old. I'm 38 years old. It was great. <laughs> I liked him in the uh, poncho as well. Yes. Funny look. 
Um, <laughs> um, is it the, the DIY version of the Live, Laugh, Love stuff? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. absolutely... Sh- um, they, I can't remember when, if this was earlier or, or later on, um, because early, at some point there was all the Netflix guys <laughs> and they're having a great time at Raw. And then Cole starts talking about um, WWE and the UFC and Samantha Irvin introduces Michael Chandler, um, UFC fighter. He grabs the uh, grabs the mic and cuts a promo, calls himself the most entertaining UFC fighter on the planet. He says, there's a man from Ireland that's been make, making me wait for way too long and I still got one dude on my mind. Conor McGregor, get your candy ass back in the octagon. We've got some unfinished business. I love this. Guy had a hideous energy, didn't he? I don't, didn't know him before this. <laughs> Snatches the microphone out of Samantha over and like, oh, ugh. He's, uh, I've, I've only come to realise just how chud adjacent UFC and MMA is. You're joking. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I just I, It doesn't exist to me, really. And then I get exposed to it, and it's like, ugh. Like, You're in the Guardian. I, I just... <laughs> what the f***? I had no idea <laughs> it was... Up, this has blown my f***ing dick off. <laughs> well, we talked about this last week. I said I didn't... I knew it was, like, a bit, like, right lean. I didn't realise it was a full-on MAGA fed. Oh, yeah. Point. I had no clue. So like even if you take the politics, like the personalities to be in the octagon, you've got to be like maybe an alpha male. No, I don't watch. It's, too it's like about six hundred <laughs> undertakers in there. <laughs> <laughs> I've not just I haven't completed the network yet. It's too much to get through. Completed like the, the network. Uh, <laughs> so I, Nicholas, I showed uh, I showed Hamlet this morning as well. Michael Chandler kicking Tony Ferguson's head off. Yeah, and I like him now yeah. because he does backflips and he's jacked. I'm gonna find a picture. Well, the idea of Hamlet just going, oh, "This UFC, they're all there, you know." I'm there, vegan food and reading the Guardian. Oh, what a nice bunch of lads! What a nice bunch of lads they <laughs> seem like over in that Ultimate Fighting Championship. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the Brian yeah. Anderson's a vegan. That's a freeze frame. He's a nice lad. He kicks people's heads off. That's the freeze frame of the kick that I showed. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, he does a flip. People like, do you like that? Do you want one more? He does another flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it the best look to be advertising a certain UFC fighter on a show when you are embroiled in the business you are now embroiled in? Yeah, you get more of this to come in it though. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah. I didn't mind. I I really like this. Um, I hope. I hope we get more of this sort of thing because I think, you know, people always automatically just go, oh, if there's going to be a crossover between UFC and uh, and WWE, oh, you've got to get Conor McGregor in there. He can talk. And I was like, he's not the only one who can talk. And you've got some, you know, people who, you know, it, I talked about in the news this morning, Israel Adesanya in terms of, like, bringing the pomp and ceremony of wrestling into their entrances and things like that. And, yeah, I mean, I think it says big things that they decided to to give this platform to Chandler to call out McGregor after all the Ultimate Fighter stuff. It's funny, obviously, because the guys on Raw and now TKO and everything, we're having this chat in 2024. It's basically one Dave's been grappling with in the Observe for 20 years, isn't it? Because there's been the people that just like absolutely frigging hate how much he fell in love with MMA when just wrestling was on its ass. And just like, <laughs> yes. I think I like this now. And like it was big business and both sort of risen back up at the same time. Um, and now Monday Night Raw is the place in which we have to debate mm. just how much how much you're going to really want out of this sort of thing. I'd yeah, I didn't really care, and then I liked the clip same as a fighter, so it's like, oh, you're fine. I will say, one, not a good idea to have a certain UFC fighter advertised, in effect, on your show yeah. amidst the backdrop of everything. If I was going to be straight, if I'm going to park all that, I will say, if they're going to do these integrations, mm. this synergy, it was so short, 
that you could at least be assured if you're a WWE fan has no interest in UFC mm. that it wasn't a huge imposition of your yeah. time. Yeah. You get these product placement guys popping up in like all they the time. Showed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They showed boxer Callum Walsh uh, later on and professional bull rider John Crimber as well. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, we got a serious Chad Gable promo, which got me very excited for, for where we're hopefully heading. It looks uh, like Michael Chandler. Seeing them back it, to it back. It was a weird, was a yeah. Like, uh, he said he was tired of Ivar trying to tear down Alpha Academy. He said, leave your crew in the back. Uh, oh, I'll leave my crew in the back. You should do the same. And Ivar said, deal. Uh, God, the gods have spoken and my path goes straight through you. Um, oh, we'll get to that match a little bit later because then it was time for uh, DX and Awesome Truth to team up. Uh, to Why take, are you laughing, man? To take on the team of... It's not for, why are you laughing? <laughs> they did it. I called it yesterday. I don't know. Yeah. Well, don't we have to we'll explain what they yeah, did in that's it? it yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have to explain. Twenty-five-year-old gesture that every wrestling fan knows. We'll talk you through it. <laughs> they yeah, had, uh, they we, would, we cracked the case last year. We know <laughs> what they're talking about now. They were taking on the tag team champions, Damian, uh, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and JD Minora, and of course, collectively, they're in the f-ing judgment day. You see, you I miss that. We went to a went to a break. <laughs> You're totally over it. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> went to a break quite early on. It was uh, like over it. Never was it or whatever it was. Kip Sabian. Ah, uh, what was yeah. it? Underrated over it. That was it. Yeah, the, had the box back. on his heat. Box. That was it. <laughs> um, so breaks down very. <laughs> took it off in the dynamite main event. It was like that's oh, Kip Sabian. Yeah, that's Kip Sabian. Dude, <laughs> lost the first PLE or whatever it was. Like, on the kickoff. On the kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> lost a back. Back kicked his ass. I'm Thanks a British wrestler. And I'm a bit bre- better British wrestler than you, actually. Well, no, you're not. You just got beaten handily on the pre-show. <laughs> Put the box back on. A waste of time, that was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, big brawl. He was start. trying to go for that sort of... You know when, like, people in Hollywood go a bit mental but play with that public image? Yeah. And, like, go around the streets and being a bit weird? Mm. Shia LaBeouf did something similar, I believe. I think he was well, going yeah. for that. I didn't want to invoke the name because I think it's bad news. Mm. But you know what I mean? <laughs> he has to say you can't see anyone's name. Yeah. Can <laughs> yes, can it? But I think that's what he was going for. Yeah. And you were meant to be like, the box. The box. <laughs> I was just like, oh, fine. Good idea. didn't work. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very early on, you get a huge brawl. Uh, all the heels get sent to the outside. And uh, well, didn't, t- um, what's he called? Sorry. Whacking Phoenix. Do this really elaborate, yes, years-long bit ahead of a film release where yeah. people genuinely thought, "Oh God, is he the latest to kind of go off the rails?" And it was just this really elaborate. Did he do it on Letterman or something. He was just a. I don't know. I seem to remember. Yeah, and there was like, "I'm not really there." Or oh, something. I remember. And, that rings a bell. Yeah, and like he pretended to do a vanity hip hop yes, project. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So yeah, all the Judgment Day gets sent to the outside. Holy weird, eh? And you think <laughs> you think it's it's time to, to time to go to break, but it wasn't actually time to go to break, was it, Sid? No, it was. Time to sing, mate. They do the DX shots, right? So like, I, I just want to break this down. Yeah, like, please I, do. Break it down because like, our um, truth is an idiot, and I love him for that. He thinks he's in DX. Miz is our truth. May knows he's an idiot. Is going to let him think he's in DX. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa mm. look like having the greatest night of the frigging lives. <laughs> Johnny Gargano being a DX <laughs> cosplay. DX? We did it, Tom. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. So you're telling me that Johnny Gargano cosplaying as Shawn Michaels gave him great amusement and pleasure. He's been doing it yeah. for six years. He's put like 
Candice is just like waiting for me after the match. Like, uh, you sent it to Sean yet? You sent the clip to Sean yet? Do you remember when they did the, the uh, NXT photo shoot and it was all like, which uh, which WWE person? I think he was maybe even world champion at the time. Which WWE person you want to do? And you could just feel God gone has gone. But I get to be Sean and we're not doing this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can do the last 2018... The last six years of Johnny Gargano's career through the art of mime. So I'm sorry if you're not on YouTube, but I'll tell you what I'm doing in about two seconds. Ah, <laughs> 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 nice. He stares his hands and then he gestures like you should suck his cack yeah. <laughs> with a via crotch chop. Yeah. Because that's what that means, mm. we learned. Yeah, we did. Because yeah. I was talking about suck it. Mm. Suck my cock. That's what it means. That's what it means. <laughs> that's what the it was. It was the penises. Right. Um, we come back from a break and build effectively to a R-Truth hot tag, which did get a great reaction. Oh, my God. Uh, aberration of a crowd. He yeah. did uh, Did John Cena's come back. aberrations this year. Not really, because he, died, his, he died on his arse against uh, that main event, didn't he, with the money? I don't know. Did you see the Royal Rumble? Did you see Royal the other week? <laughs> li- literally two rule-proving exceptions. Everything R-Truth has done in the ring has died. I'll find you four and I'll f***ing tweet him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hill you'll die on. This is it. I just watched him. I've just watched him interact the matches. And, uh, he's a great tag wrestler. Stop saying great. Stop saying great. Building up to a great tag saying great. In front of a in front of a great crowd. Name a great r truth tag match. And let's use let's let's use. We are podcasters and we are writers. Hamlet. Yep. Let's use words correctly. Great. I'll go with the Judgment Day versus the. Don't use them next. like Tony. Don't use the word "great" like Tony Khan. Actually, <laughs> use it in the way it's meant to be used. That's all I ask. I think he's going to say a great tag team. Judgment Day versus Awesome Truth at WrestleMania 40. That's what he's going to say. That's the second one after the Judgment Day versus the Generation X last night's Monday Night Raw. The tag match in our truth's head to be back. I hate it, man. He was honestly, he was like this when you weren't here as well. The thing is about this. Run through the yeah, end. just quit. Who cares? He did John Cena's comeback. You do, Dr. No, no, this is the point. You can have both. You cannot give a f***ing shit just for a nice moment at WrestleMania where they win the belts. And then, like, somebody, I was talking... Well, there's a lot of pearl clutching about this, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't care about match quality, by the way. I, I care like, about... I want to be amused. Like, range. I think it's going to be nice. Some, like I was having a chat with somebody in good faith about this on X this morning, and they pitched... Fair enough, I suppose, if the Wolf Dogs kill him the next night. Like handshake emoji. There you go. Yeah. Like a great start. Awesome truth. I realized that I don't me. care about your precious match quality. It hit me that like it's our truth and we said that like our truth in the judgment day was never Sami Zayn in the bloodline, but it's absolutely Miz Dow. And how annoying was it when they just blew off Miz Dow in that battle royal with I the big I show? I didn't give a toss. <laughs> really? Our, people were pretty annoyed about that. They put oh, yeah, yeah, people were. That's the thing. Yeah, I never, yeah, want, yeah, I never yeah. want to think that I'm speaking on behalf mm, of people yeah, uh-huh, and yeah. doing that. I, was, I thought this was great. And I'm inflexible about why a match is thought like why I thought this match is great. Like some people, some critics can't understand that people don't like Dave Mel- uh, <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay. They yeah. just cannot get it. I don't want to ever be that guy, but <laughs> people loved it. It was massively over, and it was stupid yeah. of them to kill a dead when it was clearly this thing. But it probably had a shelf life. Yes. In fairness, and I think this is they probably could have paid it off in a better way. But it had a shelf life, and I wasn't amused. I think this is this is the point. This too has a shelf life, and I think it's peaking just right for that. Mm. And why? Well, like go with it. You know, it's mm. a it's a hot hand, but I appreciate it's not a supremely. I'm, just, I'm a hater. It's not a valuable one. Like I, ju- I wanted to make that argument clear because I'm not suggesting that like if they don't that's from WWE, another one you've screwed up. It was booking one on one. Like I'm absolutely not saying that. It could just be fun. Yeah. Like, 
There's loads of like serious blood feuds yeah. and like you can have it all. You might get Gunther versus Gable. Uh-huh. Good wrestling, you've got it in spades. Yeah, yep. uh, we got an, another hot tag after another break. Champa ran wild uh, um, and eventually ended up colliding with Balor. And Pat McAfee said 16 abs just collided. The crowd sort of got into it towards the end. Truth runs wild. Uh, on Priest hits a scissors kick. Knocks Dom off the apron. Flatliner gets a two count. Miz and uh, DX take out the rest of Judgment Day. Uh, Truth countered a choke slam into a cradle, um, which really the crowd nibbled on. But then Priest escaped. I think he went for an AA. Uh, but he, he got out of whatever it was, hit the south of heaven, one, two, three. It's just, it's all in truth and the people's investment of truth. I just continue to enjoy like Mm. the bits. Evidently, the bit, it's all very subjective. But like when in these buildings, when truth gets over and there was like last week, there was, you could hear chance for him in other segments where like the characters had nothing to do with him. There were just people want to see our truth coming out. Uh, It's like I say, it's just a a hot hand. Mm. It's what I like. Again, more than the action, truthfully, because a lot of it is pretty basic. I've got two comments to make on this match. Um, One is broadly, this was kind of a sub young books, not nowhere Mm. nowhere near as inventive as their best work in that sort of genre. That style of match just done in an okay way, I guess. The other thing, right, and again, it really annoys me how I, I feel like I'm on an island. I'm the only one pointing out that there's actively horrendous work goes on in these WWE TV matches. But it's like, why doesn't anyone point this out? You go on certain websites, oh, this role was great. I can understand why people thought it, but like, let's point out the bad guys. Let's be fair and impartial. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio, right, does something that I would describe maybe 10 times worse than a fly in nothing. I hate the fly in nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to speak to a wrestler, okay, and clarify this once and for all. So when... The, you do the flying nothing, which I'm using as my example, is a terrible wrestling plot gap, right? Logic gap. Mm. Where, and I'm going to disc- use that to say there's something even worse than Dominic Mysterio did it. Surely, right? You could pretend. If you're, if the whole point of the spot is, right, I need to fly into the direction of this guy, or this person, so I can get super kicked or code breaked or whatever. The super kick especially, can you not pretend to throw um, a flying axe handle? Mm-hmm. The idea that yeah. you're meant to be doing something. So that flying, nothing becomes a flying axe handle. Is it sort of, no, you can't do that because you need your hands in a certain place to protect your face or mm-hmm. whatever. Is there a like, safety reason why you don't do a flying axe handle or at least pretend like you're doing something and not just willingly <laughs> flying into a strike which could ostensibly concuss you? Mm. It's my, one of my least favorite things. I talk about intent all the time, right? So that's the baseline for something that really frustrates me. That makes no sense. There's a goddamn bit in this match, right? Where I think it's Champa mm-hmm. is on the outside. And Dominic Mysterio, he, yeah. so Champa's by the announce table. Dominic Mysterio is sort of around the right angle of the ring, if you want. He jumps over the steps to just run into something, <laughs> like a super kick, maybe. And he runs in the wrong f-ing direction. <laughs> so he then has to stop and say, right, oh, God, I'm in the wrong place. I almost didn't get my ass kicked there. <laughs> so then he turns around and goes into the super kick. What are you trying to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... It's bad enough when you put your body on a play for someone to kick, mm. right, in wrestling, the flying nothing. And it happens in AEW and it happens in WWE every single mm. week, and I hate it, right? To, like, 
be so polite as to go, oh, sorry, I almost didn't get my ass kicked there. <laughs> Ooh, what a boner that almost was. And then go, oh, that, oh that almost didn't get kicked in the face. Like, when's this going to, when's he going to get it? Yeah, well, yeah, probably never. We talked about this, didn't we? Like, he's a manager in a managerless era of wrestling yes. who can do enough. infuriated. To go out there and wrestle, but I, um, yeah, it's like, you're not wrong about this. Like, the people should pick at these faults it's in matches. But it is, I do I care? No. Like, hmm. not to we'll always have Mania 39. Well, no, not even sound flippant about that. Like, when I'm watching that, like, but does it not just think, I cannot take this emulated combat, which at the ho- at the core of everything, I would that's be mo- what this is. I don't know. I would be more, there's a longer form chat in this. I would be more narked about seeing that or a spot similar to that in Chad Gable versus Ivar than I was here. I have different expectations. Of, like of someone the made the point on Twitter watch. that you're meant to think he's crap, but that, you can't do that forever. No, that's not the pass at this point. Not for the thing you're mentioning as well. Meant, he's like, meant that, to be crap. I get it. That but would be throwing a weak chop or something like that. He is yes. weak, he's limp, whatever. That, like, that's not that. That's it's just... just oh, oh, you're, God, you're exposing what this is. It's just, I guess, get removed from it. Removed from the point. I sort of feel like there's a... I've got like an, a, a quality adjustment filter that goes up and down per what I'm watching, whether that be because of the wrestle involved or because of the, of the initials. Because of the... Well, no, but I apply it to AEW as well. Like, you have to sometimes. So bad work like, is permissible in a WWE <laughs> TV match. Good work is boring in an AEW match. No, but if it's by great characters, I don't care what the work looks like. Great like, characters. Stop saying great. <laughs> you do that on purpose, that yeah. one. Yeah, you piece of... <laughs> <laughs> you piece of <laughs> trash. If there are people I'm invested in, it's like, it's a character forward mindset where like, I'll think of, like, I'll be really into what they're doing. Well, the I, I do get the this. Advantages. You know, I, do, the, I do do and, get and, yeah. Still not good enough. <laughs> We get a video package showing The Rock's promo from SmackDown. Oh, my God. Yes, we're going to be buddies, you know, me and oh. you. You know what's cool? What? We haven't spoke about this. How awesome. Did you see the tweet? Killers in the jungle. What's this? Oh, oh God, you didn't get a hard on. I, I got a hard on. He's trying to get this name over. No, they wouldn't. Uh, he didn't get that on TV. I don't think so the can't say killers. I was like, what's that mean? The can't say, I don't think they'll say killers on WWE yeah. TV and murder and stuff like that. It's just not in no, their play. That's what Dwayne wants to call him. Oh the killers in the jungle. How awesome is that? Yes. How awesome is he, Rock? It's the, I, the moment he walked. We're setting records here. I was like, I don't know what he's about to do here. Bunch of assholes in the ring. Oh, like, yes. oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. oh my god. Anyway, um, gonna be buds. <laughs> yeah, he's the long one right there. Or did he? Huh? Did Bron Breaker? Anyway, uh, Jack Red- Redmond's with Sami Zayn in the back. He's made a difficult decision. He's hitting the pause button on his issues with Drew McIntyre because it's become an obsession. Um, He's gotten this way before, but he needs to focus on his path to WrestleMania. He needs to trust the feeling in his gut. Not only was a path to WrestleMania, but a chance to do something historic. He will be a champion. There's a chance. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping. That's all I needed, just a glimpse of that. Uh, Sami Zayn, Logan Paul? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and sh- options. Later on, sh- uh, Shinsuke cut a promo on Zayn, saying you're whine little bitch um, <laughs> you want to be the underdog I'll make you the underdog uh, you can bask in everyone's sympathies and they're going to face off next week I know you won I know Nakamura beat Zane so if he's like well, if you complain I'll beat you again it's not like the Cody thing where he just loses and then continues to get another rematch 
But it might is, as well have. It is proper Ross and Mike. But you left. <laughs> not come yeah. over at this point, isn't it? He just keeps inserting himself into programs. But you left. Um, then we got the. I mean, the, the elimination. Even when he's a winner, he's a loser. Yeah. <laughs> then we got the elimination chamber promo train. Basically, Bec- Becky Lynch comes out uh, with a new hat. Um, Malibu done, Becky. She's got a lot of. What did he say? Malibu Becky. <laughs> She's done a lot of great things in her career, not many new things to do. Um, but for the first time in her career, she's going to be inside the Elimination Chamber. She needs to win it. It's inevitable that me and Rhea have kept bumping into each other. It's going to be the fight of their lives. Um, you know, Ripley's been the talk of the town for the last year, but uh, she's been propped up by a band of merry men, the Judgment Day. I'm the biggest threat to her. I'm the best I've ever been. Um, but ever so is everyone else. Five of WWE's most promising stars will also be in the Chamber. Um, she doesn't have anything against anyone else, any of the others, except Tiffany Stratton. Um, Liv Morgan interrupts. She talks about the fact that obviously her and Rhea used to be partners, and then she got injured, and reminds Becky that she's the last one to beat Rhea Ripley. Out comes Raquel Rodriguez. You say reminds Becky. I feel like she was reminding all of us, because mm. there was an awful lot of law to this Liv Morgan thing, and it was a bit like when Sid would be like, uh, remind me again who uh, Bobby Reed won the United States title off and whatever, like, Liv Morgan reels off, like, six things that are, like, things that have been stuck in the yeah. back of my mind about Rhea Ripley. And I was thinking, and you're like, what? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that did happen. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, that did happen. Like, I don't know if that's a fair play or a hair ruffler or what. Mm. It's like, there's a lot there. Mm. Like, she's held on to that, and at least they're letting her use it, I suppose. But it's a bit weird, isn't it? Like, she's been out injured. That's it. There's no story beyond that. Uh, yeah, Raquel came out and said, uh, could be Nijax. Let's not forget who could be champion after Saturday. Um, and I'm the only one big enough and strong enough to take out either woman, which I thought was a nice line. Naomi came out. Becky welcomed her back. She said, she, I didn't just come back just to come back. I uh, returned to climb my way to the top because that's where I belong. Uh, Tiffany Stratton comes out next. Uh, she said Naomi had left an empty space when she left. Um, but oh, the she, un- said, she said what? I left an empty space when you left. And the only space I want to be in is the center of the goddamn universe. Uh, I don't care about the past. Um, and that's what I see when I look at the rest of you. Um, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair comes out. Uh, says, look. None of you will ever be me. Uh, I'm the only one who's actually won a chamber. I'm going to continue my undefeated streak. Uh, and you can't spell WrestleMania without EST. Tiffany says, you're Celeste? Yeah. No, literally, like you picked last year. That was a good line. <laughs> that was a good line. Um, and a big brawl breaks out, and then Nijax just kills everybody. Superb Nijax beatdown, notwithstanding. This was rubbish. This was absolutely awful. Mm. It was like the amount of exposition. Like, you know, I hate it to begin with. Yeah. This was absolutely brutal, more brutal than I expect the match to be on Saturday. <laughs> right, Can we like, talk about Elimination Chamber? Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about this first. Yeah, let's There's talk. nothing to say. It was exposition, volleys. I like it when they have to do the exposition volleys and the other characters tr- in trying to sell that it's not a blatant exposition have to sell it like they're hearing it for the first time. Oh, yeah, she made some yeah. pretty good points there, I actually. did like the bit where I think it was Bianca and... Becky, like, I think Tiff attacked Liv yeah. or whoever. And those two were like, well, the only two left. Get into it. But yes, so we have Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Tiffany Stratton in the Elimination Chamber. Sid, how do you see it going? Well, we'll talk about the Women's Elimination Chamber match, and let's talk more broadly about the Elimination Chamber PLE in mm. general, at least at time of recording. I think it looks ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you saw this yeah. lineup, what, four matches. Mm. Same in, as the Rumble. 
because you've got the two big matches and you've got the two smaller ones in the middle. That's so I'm assuming that's, that's what terrifies me. That's kind of yeah. what terrifies me. If this remains four matches, oh boy, I think we're not in for a good show, and I'll tell you why. Triple H likes to book long-ass matches. We see it on his television. We saw it at TakeOver, and regrettably, this will live with me forever. We saw it in his own matches at WrestleMania. Okay? <laughs> it's one thing to do these, what, 70-minute Rumble matches? Mm. Right. Do we need the Elimination Chamber matches to go more than half an hour? No. no. But we will. Yes. We almost certainly 45 will. minimum for the men's, I would say. Oh, it's just, I don't think that's necessary at all. Five-minute intervals? Yes. I hope the screens are big. And even then, it's not a guarantee of an atmosphere um, because there's something about the stadium backdrop, the weakness of this card, and the like the visibility, I guess, if you're a punter in that huge stadium, with the chamber, which itself is, even in an arena, you're like, you kind of, it's like a very uh, thick structure. Mm. You know, to actually like look through. Um, I I just worry about the strength that I don't worry about it. You know, it's like the, when football pundits say, and oh, no, I worry for them. Yeah. I don't, I'm not worried about <laughs> Luton. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't care about Luton. I, mean, I like this little crappy stadium, but the novelty of that wear off soon enough. I'm not worried about this. I just we never like to see this. I think he does actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. W has a terrible night. I think it's exactly what he was after. <laughs> Let's face it, they have telegraphed the life out of the women's chamber match. Becky Lynch is winning this. Becky Lynch went nose to nose with Rhea Ripley at the press conference. Mm -hmm. They've interacted on screen. It's one thing to foreshadow or tease the thing that's happening in the medium to long term after the thing that happens in the short term. Again, I make this argument quite frequently. Episodic television in professional wrestling is kind of a flawed model. There's always internal consistencies because wrestlers have to have friends, but sometimes you need to have a heat angle, you know? You need to do something this week because you need to build to the main event of the pay-per-view, which sells, like, the most pay-per-views or whatever, but you kind of have to do predictable stuff on the way. That's a common flaw with the episodic TV wrestling model. There's a way to kind of do it halfway elegantly. They haven't done that with this. It's so obvious that Rhea's going over... Um, and that means there are 50% of this Elimination Chamber card is, like, stunningly predictable. They've told you what's going to happen, which is not good. The other 50% is the Men's Chamber match, mm -hmm. which has been, since day one, the genesis of the moment <laughs> of the World Heavyweight title. They've told you, canonically, it is a consolation prize. That was the kayfabe storyline explanation for this title existing. Um, there are a lot of over characters mm. in this men's chamber match, but my God, who forgot? Drew uh, McIntyre, very good at being methodical. <laughs> Randy Orton, <laughs> the dictionary definition of methodical. You have got LA Knight. Yeah. yeah. Love the act. Love the bit. I would argue there's a bit more substance to it mm -hmm. than some people would. Mm -hmm. He's not confused with a plunder brawl specialist who's going to be amazing in this environment. Can he do the vertical leap onto the pod? <laughs> Logan Paul, Mike exciting, do that. exciting for do this match. Mad spot in yeah. there. So that's going to elevate it. Lashley, he could be fun. Kevin Owens is always a lunatic. There's a, <laughs> this match stands a chance of being... 
this could be the fabled great, but there's a thirty, there's a fifty percent of the field, even with Drew on the form that he's in, could has the potential to lower its excitement value and make it really drag and sag, and <sighs> mustache mountain and a tag. <laughs> like they're not over. Uh, excuse me, Sage. Please. The new, new Catch Republic, Republic in a Thank tag. You. I mean, they're talented wrestlers, but yeah, they're like the six years out of fashion at this point. They're not winning the belts. No, and they're not no. winning the belts. Uh, I I think this this looks poor for a stadium show. You are forgetting the Grayson Waller effect. This looks poor, poor, poor as balls for a stadium show. Hamlet, yes, you're the Fed guy, yes, Doctor Fed, yes. <laughs> Tell me why it's going to be good. Uh, to use a Jim Rossism, it's an all sizzle, no steak kind of night for WWE. This it's going to look fantastic. I think. Oh yeah, the stadium set and I, to the point about the Rhea Ripley Nia Jax match. That's going to have the big fight feel. You know, there's because of Rhea Ripley is going to be a massive star. I can't disagree with any of your takes on the results or the quality of the matches, um, but I don't necessarily think that is what. I'm, I'm oh, sorry. Forget about the fireworks, aren't I? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm f- I, I, how could I forget the fireworks? And the uh, Australian I'm sorry, flag. I'm sorry. Dr- and the Australian flag drone. Nicholas, could you edit that out? I forgot about the f- fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the fireworks, guys. Uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Elimination Chamber war has, for the longest time, always been a bit of an annoyance. It's an inconvenience. Obviously, when they've got two belts, it's our way to make mm-hmm. somebody a contender for it. But having this show where you potentially got to put the title on the line against five other contenders this close to WrestleMania or... Losing dies by the crowd, this. Yeah, we've, we've seen it multiple times over the years, how it can be really awkward that it's this specific show you've got to get through. I know why in WWE's mind they think it works, but it's quite awkward from a narrative point of view. Um, but yeah, I don't think this will be about the quality of the match. I think it'll be about how it all looks. I think it'll be a, a good night for some of the overstars to get just an incredible response. I don't, yeah, stadiums are stadiums. You don't know if the noise is going to disappear, but certainly they will look temporarily like massive stars on a show that typically is skippable. I don't think this is skippable strictly because of all of that, like, and because it's on a nice time for us. But like, oh, but think of the poor American viewers, Ham. Yeah, uh, it you is. have to wake up early in the morning to watch wrestling. I mean, what must that be like? The things I want to look at. the castle at, atmosphere, payback quality. Yeah. The things I want to look at are the reasons. Told you the ace in the hole that they've got. You could just get it. like a magazine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, both. You could I, just get, could get a this. magazine. And then I could get the Elimination Chain program sent from somebody that was actually at the show. And I've got <laughs> both. No, no, like, honestly, I'm, this is earnest. Like, I'm watching this as much because I want to look at it. I want to see the people in this setting. I think the men's elimination chamber match might be all right. I think Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax would be pretty good. That'll be an over delivery. Like, Rhea Ripley hasn't got the matches. If you look at her last year as champion, especially if you consider where it started with Charlotte Flair, she has not got the matches out of this run. Yeah, Selena um, so Vega was fun in the lo- in backlash, and that's the point, yeah. right? There was a there was a, cer- a certain peak there because of the location, because of the atmosphere, and because of the vibe. You will get that again here, and it will do a lot. I think Nia Jax is form dare I say at the moment so she's stands to have like she's going to potentially have her best match at the best time for her to have it so I think that one could over deliver um I the women's chamber is too predictable so that what you're going to watch is a series of potential like Bianca Belair might want to do something incredible physically cool but 
It's all to build up to Becky Lynch winning after 35 to 40 minutes. Uh, look, if, it, if the Rumble's any indication as well, these matches will look way too similar. Mm. Possibly, yeah, possibly. I think it's one of those where I don't disagree with either of you. I think we're all sort of unified on the winners. So you don't disagree. <laughs> we're all unified <laughs> on the winners. So Becky, Judgment Day, Rhea, Drew. Drew, yeah. I think, well, uh, first of all, Becky, if you open the show, you, like you say, top and tail the show with the, the chamber matches and the women's match opens, it, in, in, in defending WWE somewhat, if Becky wins, it's not like, well, you've telegraphed. I mean, you already have, but it's not like you've telegraphed who wins out of Rhea and Nia because arguably she's got a story with both of those. Yes. Um, I'm more... They've, in, they've underplayed that, by the way. They've underplayed was, it. Yeah. It's a really nice thing they set up and they haven't really used it. I'm arguably more interested in... What else happens in the women's chamber match? Because I'm looking, going, right, what's... Naomi's just come back. What's Naomi doing at WrestleMania? What's Bianca Belair doing at WrestleMania? What's Tiffany Stratton doing at WrestleMania? Mm -hmm. I love Tiffany Stratton from a time. The timing of the promotion is uh, noticeable. They could have just waited until after Mania. Mm. So just keep her off the card. Do you do... Are you going to do... Is Tiffany going to... You know, because I know people are trying to put Jay Cargill in here somewhere as well. You could do Bianca versus Tiffany. When people ask me a, a few months back what they'd like, what I'd like to see Bianca doing if she wasn't in, I was like, "That's a really good step up for for Tiff." Tiffany Stratton and Naomi. Tiff, Tiffy Tiff, time. We're not that close. <laughs> they, they had oh, they had hostilities from the first yeah. SmackDown they were on together. That's there. The thing at this Women's Chamber, and again, it's not none of this is by accident. These are the last six from the Rumble. Mm. Like it was these six and Bailey. Like this is, you know, you were being shown there. Well, sorry, in the original plan where Jay Cargo gets in, now it's Rocco Rodriguez instead. So it's not the same. But plans had changed. You, you know, it was <laughs> going to be that six. Jade Cargo versus Bianca Belair, I still think, is the match. Mm-hmm. Bianca Belair was talking up at that Vegas thing. The Rumble spot was showing you it and how cool it would be. So I still think that's the match, whether or not Jade Cargo appears. Can't call that match, can you? Bianca's streak versus Jade's first... Singles, right? And it's a huge yeah. feather in Jade's cap. Not even happened yet. If she wins. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like she might make an appearance again. Like we're talking in the office before because we're all just so hyped about it. Sidge, I was cynical about this, to be honest. I was pretty cynical. But Sidge made the point. He was like, Hamlet, it's the Fed. Anything can happen. I was like, Sidge, you're right. The Rock might turn up. You, that was what we talked about. If you look like, at The Rock's past, what, five, ten WWE yeah. TV appearances, maybe it's because he doesn't want to be advertised <laughs> and the quarter hour doesn't look yeah. good. But it's... In almost invariably, other than last week, a surprise. Mm. It's a monster Grayson Waller effect because he's going to come out, initially get the big chance, probably turn heel on the crowd, a Christian in Canada sort of thing, allowing Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins to be the biggest baby faces they want, you know, they want to be against him. I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's going to, I don't think we're going to have like lots to talk about from the matches. But I, d- I think they're setting up LA Knight versus Logan Paul in the yeah. men's chamber as well, for example. There's WrestleMania ramifications out the ass on this card. I hope so. And that's all. We are on, we are on the road. We are on the road. Capital T, capital R. What if uh, Bobby Lashley's pod gets corrupted by the final testament? You haven't seen them in their final form from this week's SmackDown, have you? Oh, I saw what they did to poor Big Body, have he? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. did. They've got oh, I saw that, yeah. Jesus. They've got, own, they've got their own T-shirt. They've got the special entrance. They're... Uh, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear a red piss on can. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, it's just a nice be able to watch it at a reasonable time. Oh, right, right, okay, that's, that's better than AEW then, I'm isn't it? about that. <laughs> <laughs> but let us know your thoughts, Edward. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. In the comments <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It can be uh, a product that's like a, a round seven, 
Could be a tenner, just haven't been on for a while. Nice time in the morning. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Let's know your thoughts in the comment section. All right. <laughs> Please do, I'm interested. At what culture WWE. <laughs> Uh, Gunther cut a promo on Raw following this. Uh, he says he's the greatest IC champion of all time. He's going to make Jay understand that he doesn't belong in the main event. He's going to have to keep dreaming. Then we got the Shinsuke promo on Sami Zayn. And Callum Walsh, the boxer, was in the crowd. Then we got Chad Gable versus Ivar uh, early on. Oh, my God. Yes. Ivar slams Gable into the barricade. They go to a break. We come back. Ivar hits a sit-out powerbomb for two. Uh, Gable ducks a kick, chop blocks Ivar's leg. Uh, he keeps, the story of the match is he keeps going for that uh, German suplex of his. Can't get it initially. Tries an ankle lock as well. Ivar kicks out of it. Gable sends him out of the ring. Ivar shoves him into the side of the ring and goes to do that squish against it, uh, the crossbody. Uh, but Gable rolls out of the way and Ivar collides and the screens on the side of the ring go a bit funny. They go back inside. Gable goes for another German uh, Ivar blocks it, hits a spinning kick, and then hits a seated senton on Chad Gable. Uh, yeah. For a two-count. <laughs> Literally squashed him like a bug. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Gable avoids... I've really bought that near fall. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought, you're not getting up from that, are you? Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Hardy connection. <laughs> like, all body. <laughs> Gable avoids the moonsault, though. Finally gets him up for that German suplex. Hits a moonsault of his own. Gets a two-count, so transitions into the ankle, ankle lock. And gets the submission victory. Out comes Alpha Academy to celebrate afterwards. It just ruled so hard, didn't it? Chad Gable, like, ever-reliable, even in a story that... Like, this Fuad is long over, realistically, and yet, somehow, draws you into a match in such a way that, like, come on, Chad, you finally need to finish the story. This story that I haven't cared about for yes, months, but yes. God, please finish it. Put the He's book at the back of the cupboard for a few, few weeks. His, as a baby face... And it's like, if you look back through his whole career, it's been used for things like hot tags. It's been used for getting nothing stories over like this one. His ability to take the physical desperation of, say, working for the suplex or overcoming a size difference and turning it into this just most incredible overcoming the odds. Like, he just applies that context to it, even though it's fundamentally meaningless. It's it's a magic trick. It's a pro wrestling magic. It's the art of it, ultimately, mm. because... You're supposed to you're supposed to think whatever the wrestlers are trying to make you think, and there are a few better at manipulating that than Chad Gable. He goes into cold situations and makes them boiling hot. Not to say this was. I know An alchemist. Yeah, I know there's a bit, been story, but it's been over and done with for ages, and they've just been just been it's been retreads every week. It's been well, you've got these guys, they'll fight Ivar, then you do the women, and then you come back to this. Like and and the women's match was appalling when it took place. That pretty much killed the story dead anyway. It's he's a miracle worker, and the fact that this is done now, right off the back of the Gunther House shows, which Sid you mentioned, he's actually winning by DQ. I think people are allowed to be optimistic. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I just think people are allowed to have optimism again. That it's just interesting that one thing has been like tied off right as Gunther is suddenly free. That's that's a nice thing to be optimistic about. Should see, should have said probably let it play out, along with many other stories. Yeah. I have. I just love Chad Gable, man. Yes, Chad Gable's class as a certain class of professional wrestler, where wrestlers more often than not have the same in-ring arsenal, the same dramatic devices they do in their matches. The best ones know when to do it. That's the key, right? But like, it, it's like trying to explain to someone who was raised maybe on ruthless aggression, or the older I get, depressingly the WWE after then, mm. hmm. why, why was Hulk Hogan so great? And it's like, I don't know. 
it's magic. Yeah. He's just magic. Like mechanically, oh, good in Japan. <laughs> um, he still wasn't even like that high standard in Japan. He was oh, just guys, should he's the uh, axe bomber in WWE? Yeah, 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 yeah. An axe handle. It's hard to so explain so the magic what? of Hulk Hogan in the ring. I must clarify, complete arsehole out of it. That needs to be said every yeah. single time. But it's hard to explain the magic because magic itself cannot be explained. That's what makes it magic. Hulk, goddamn Hogan, had this chokehold on people in the arena. Dave Meltzer talks about how people can go into an arena thinking Hulk Hogan's a piece of trash or before that was was revealed. Mm. You could go into an arena when it was a more naive time and think, oh God, Hulk Hogan's a political shark, Hulk Hogan's a carny, Hulk Hogan's like a self-serving arsehole and you sit down in that arena and hear Real American and just lose it. I lived, I told the story on podcast before, 2010. And what is still to this day his last match on Cage Match is when he, they won and he's in Adidas tracky bottoms because he can't get into his tights and he's doing the ear cup and he's gone to the three sides of the ring and not ours and he's about to leave and he's doing the tease. And he's like, Don't go. You haven't <laughs> listened for my cheer. <laughs> it's, it's and then he does it. And then he does it. And he's like, oh, thank God. Oh, Hulk knows. I, I've lived it. He had people thinking, oh, he's not going to win. Not going to win this, but but it's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I've experienced this as a child quite often, maybe as an adult sometimes as well. Right? I hate Hulk Hogan, but that much is true. Chad Gable doing the deadlift, German, makes me think he cannot do it. Mm. Yeah, every single time. Chad Gable is the nicer work rate Hulk Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> the, one of the most resourceful professional wrestlers. I wish. Every other wrestling match went as long as Chad Gable's because if they're as good as that, you can accomplish loads in a shorter run time. Every single time, I think, you can't deadlift him. Mm. <laughs> Every match, though, against a larger opponent, but he's so great that he has that magic. It feels like WWE is set up to test if Chad Gable can have a bad match. You've got like... I mean, Ivar's good. Got five, oh, he's great. Yeah. But like you've got five hours... Great. Is this a runner that you're trying to... No, no, to I didn't even... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony Khan over here. It's like a podcast thing with Tony Khan. On a Tuesday after last night's Raw, I just always feel super positive. I've got this to talk about in NXT still to come, and it's just like everything is great. But no, Chad get like five uh, five hours a week of Raw and SmackDown. Countless tag teams that he's had, uh, drag kicking and screaming to being good. A load of feuds that have meant nothing fundamentally, sometimes wrestling just for wrestling's sake. There are a lot of tests there to test. Can you have a bad match? And the answer is still no. Mm. He is... Like, if he does get Gunther, and if he does win, I, I don't know if... I don't even know how long I want that reign to be. Because mm. I just... I don't know. I, I don't want... I almost want the world to stop. He's done it. Let's, let's quit while we're all ahead. It's Seth Rollins breaking the shield now. Mm. Like, what, what... It can only go down at some point. It can only, at some point, not feel as magic as it does when Chad Gable goes out there. <laughs> I guess he can beat big guys. Wait a second. Here comes Oberfemi from NXT. Oh, my God. All right, we're back. Yeah, uh, McIntyre gets interviewed by Kathy Kelly. Uh, he says, look, Rhodes has been on a hell of a run this past year. Only one person has beaten him until tonight. I'm now the second. Yeah, some people are saying I'm a hypocrite, but uh, I had no issue with what happened. Of course, I wanted to attack Solo and Jimmy on the spot, but I can't think like that anymore. I'm thinking big picture. <laughs> uh, by Jenny. I'm doing this I'm doing this for the world title. I'm doing this for Raw. I'm doing this for the fans, guys. Uh, I just beat Rhodes. I'm going to face LA Knight on Friday, and then I'm going to win the chamber on Saturday. I'm the true workhorse of WWE and a future champion. Uh, great stuff. And then New Day are in the back. Uh, Xavier and Kofi Kingston. Xavier says, uh, 
Jay Uso is going to beat Gunther tonight, and then our our turn comes next week. Kofi talks about Imperium trying to end his career and take his head, but they didn't get the job done. We're the industry standard, they say. That's why everyone comes for us. There's nobody better than us. Um, Imperium might have thought it was over. It's not over until we say it is. Uh, it's a street fight next week, and they pull out kendo sticks, and Kingston taps the New Day theme on a box. I enjoyed this. In spite of myself from New Day, kendo sticks, I never want to see again. Bored of them. They get used all the time. Um, but New oh, Day, you'll see them next week. I know. <laughs> New Day believe themselves. I'll, I'll buy it. They're like they believe it. They're speaking with conviction. They're, like the way that they've power of positivity pivoted slightly with this feud with Imperium, where it's kind of like dragged them into the gutter a little bit. All the all the matches, all the attempts to have matches, have just ended up in brawls. So it's felt it feels lived in. And I just I bought this from them. It's nice to see them doing this sort of thing. They've needed this ten years this year, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing that they've reached a point they've not really need to compromise too much about who the new day are. But this is just a nice shift for the characters mm. without a heel turn. It's they're baby faces, but it's just shifting slightly what they do. Main event time. Oh. Uh Gunther versus Jay Uso. Uh like the last time they faced each other, Gunther just hoyed him into the barricade about a minute in to take us to break. Uh Jay fights back, but Gunther does that thing he always does. He's like, oh. Oh, guys are facing Gunther's kind of build, building up a head of steamer, and then he just chops him out of midair. Uh, Gunther wanted to powerbomb into, into the announce table, but Jay backdrops him and hits a Samoan drop onto the table. Sets up for that running attack, but Gunther hits that running drop kick of his and a powerbomb for two, puts him in a Boston Crab. Jay gets a rope break. Um, Gunther hits an uppercut, but Jay knocks him out of the ring and suicide dives onto him for another break. Uh, they trade strikes. Again, Gunther just puts it all into a chop that drops Jay. Um, three more hard chops. He starts mocking him. So Jay slips out of a powerbomb and spears him for two. Jay goes up top, but Gunther slams him down and splashes him for two. Uh, Jay fights back, hits a spear, and the commentators are like, ah, oh, ring awareness there from Gunther, though. He rolls to the apron. So Jay just spears him on the apron again, spears him outside the ring, gets him back in the ring, another spear, an Uso splash. He, he goes for the cover. One, two, the bell starts ringing before the three has been counted, and it's Jimmy Uso banging away at the bell, and he pulls his hood back to reveal himself. Jay doesn't completely take himself out of the match. He's not a complete idiot. Uh, he super kicks Gunther. Security trying to get rid of Jimmy, but Jimmy's not going anywhere. So he dives onto him, uh, gets back into the ring, goes for another splash, but Gunther gets his knees up. Roll up, one, two, three. Gunther just retains. Jay has cost... No, sorry. Jimmy has cost Jay Uso, uh, and he attacks him after the match, hits him with an Uso splash, and they show the replays, and Jimmy hits one more to stand tall over his brother as the show goes off the air. I'll go first because you're going to be higher on this, and why not we leave on a happy note, right? Well, I just want to say, I don't throw the word great around, but this wasn't great. It wasn't great, was it? It was, it was very good at points, but never great. Ah. Yeah, oh. I think we, might, we haven't talked about this. We haven't talked about this. Didn't make the office chat, which maybe says it all. Maybe says it all. I know what people say, right? I mean, I'm doing a ridiculous analogy again. I just compared Chad Gable to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> There's a kernel of truth in yeah. that. You know what people say? That's too much of a good thing. Uh -huh. And they say, come on, would you really have a Big Mac every day? I'm thinking, I'd probably be watching it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if I have a Big Mac <laughs> at like 12 o'clock every single day of my life, I don't think I would ever get bored of that. Two Mac's a, a day because the breakfasts are good. Mm. So yeah, I'd have two Mac's a day. I would. I know you would. <laughs> I can have a big bag every single day. I think I'm finally ready to have Gunther 
lose that Intercontinental title. And it looks like that's where the wind's blowing. So glad after all this we're f***ing again. Because no, I yeah. felt exactly the we same are. watching this. I'm kind of ready for it to be over because like, I think Gunther, right, top three in the world right now. Who else is there? For my tastes and for objectivity. Brian. Brian Danielson. Of yeah. course he is. He's the best. And if you don't like Brian Danielson, you don't like professional wrestling. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> to... Gunther. A lot of people would have Osprey. Yep. Not necessarily my favorite, but that's maybe the consensus. Roman, my probably. Consensus slash my taste, Gunther's top three. Yeah. yeah. I always think you can't hate the Fed. Gunther's in it. How can I hate the Fed? <laughs> <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, genuinely. I get, I get so revved up for a Cody Rhodes match. Yeah. Genuinely, I do. Oh, I know. Cody's like well up there as yeah. well. The thing with Gunther is that if I exclusively watched WWE, I'd probably still be like, oh, yes, Gunther again. I get to watch Gunther. I don't just watch WWE. And the thing about Gunther is that it was magic at the start of that Levesque era. It's like, listen, there's fives. There's actual, honest to God, five star matches off four and threes on WWE pay per view mm. with the triple threat and the clash matches. Like yeah. Jesus Christ, this is great. When was the last time you had a match that like came anywhere near a five or anywhere near a four and three? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of three point seven fives and fours out of Gunther, and very slowly the impression is well, I get that every single week from a lot mm. of different wrestlers. Yeah. I just don't think the Gunther match feels as special as it did. About half a year Formula's ago. Formula's creaking a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit now. Yeah. A little bit. Um, and, like, I think you can level up. Yeah. But the thing is, he's going to be... New stakes will help that. New stakes will help. And I've made the point of the reason why, and I know visa issues are mm-hmm. a reason why he can't go to um, Perth, mm-hmm. but domestic pay-per-views doesn't really do that many matches. And I think it's because they're saving the Gunther PLE match for when he's in that world title picture. And it's good that you're going to get long, great matches out of them all of the time. Um, but I'm ready for a break. Truly, I'm ready for a break. They're just not hitting in the same way as they did six months ago. I, I did enjoy this. I didn't. It's Gunther. I, the I, floor is ridiculous. He's got a Danielson yeah. floor, but at the minute, he doesn't have that Danielson ceiling. I like their chemistry. I think Jey Uso as a singles wrestler needed this match because you had to buy him again as somebody like... We've gone through the Jey Uso learning how it would be a singles wrestler bit and having, like, Cody helping him. And then he has this Iron Man run that was, I think, designed to illustrate that and failed miserably because they just didn't focus on him anywhere near enough. This match was quite a good recovery of that because you saw him all alone, no net, against the unbeatable guy. And, like, you've highlighted it in your review. The stuff like the repeated spears was a great example of that. Mm. This is working. I'm just going to keep... It's like spamming the move on a video game. Yeah. Like, I'll just keep doing that. It's working. Nobody else has stopped him, so I might as well try it this way. And he's still... Jay still figuring himself out as a singles wrestler. I thought they had really good chemistry to tell that story. And I've got to give credit here. I was... It gave me no pleasure to say, as we were watching the Rumble and then the weeks that followed, I think they've killed... Jay and Jimmy. I think they've killed it. Uh, it's got a big reaction in the building, to be objective and yeah, fair, I thought, which I am. I thought they'd killed it by even putting them together in the Rumble. was uh, a, like, a lack of faith in how much people really bought into it. And then the exchanges they had were more for laughs, and the brand split element of the story has been pretty much abandoned, and that was really key to it in the initial stages. Now, Jimmy Uso going out there and saying... What I do is cost you singles titles. You a stupid little brother to think that you could get anywhere in life without me. That's the heat. They have found the heat at the right time with a good, believable beatdown that went down really well with the crowd. 
I've quite, I don't know, maybe it's just me calling it a recovery, but I think this felt like a really strong recovery for this match that will definitely now happen at WrestleMania. I did tell you. I did. I have been saying this for quite some time. You said immediately after SummerSlam, oh, Jimmy Uso's dead. <laughs> and now stick with him. Oh, no, he's goated uh, on SmackDown. Happy to admit when I'm wrong. And I did say, I said after Rumble, I was like, this is this is what they guys yeah. laid it out. I said, he's going he's gonna to interfere in Jay's match. You have a brilliant Jay's mind. Gonna say, Jay's going to say, look, you, I, I let it slide. You cost me the world title. You cost me, you know, bloodline. Da, 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 da. I let it slide. We went to different brands. I know there's kind of a gray area, obviously, with has always been with WWE. There should be a red one and a blue one. That's sort of point. <laughs> yes, but you've. Oh, forget about forget about that. <laughs> forget about the complaints. Yeah, you've done it. You've done it again, and now they, this is it. They're gonna have this epic blood feud. Gable's getting gunned. Are you acting like the only person who said this? And well, because I fair said, enough, you did say let that. Jamie Uso play out. Was there a soul alive I on this planet? Shut up! Who didn't think Jimmy Uso was going to interfere last night? No, I know, I understand that, but I just just going to so lay out quickly from literally this episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, Jimmy Uso is going to face Jay Uso at <laughs> WrestleMania. Chad Gable is going to face Gunther at WrestleMania, as I've said from the beginning. And oh look, Cody Rhodes going to win the world title. Let him play out at WrestleMania 39 into WrestleMania 40. And I've had a week off. I'm just tired. <laughs> Tired of being right all the time. Right, let us know your thoughts on this episode of wow. Monday Night Raw in the comment section below or on X at What Culture WWE. Well, that was word for word. In <laughs> you can let us know uh, your thoughts on everything. As I said, on X at What Culture WWE, you can uh, follow Michael Hamflet on X <laughs> at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at Emma Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 